Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode number 49. As a former classroom teacher, now homeschooling mom of five, I love to equip and encourage other homeschool families. So stick around to learn how to homeschool with Moxie. It's about embracing your journey and finding your groove. Show notes for today's episode can be found at 41more.com forward slash 49. This episode is brought to you by my homeschooling on one income strategy guide. This guide is completely free and you can find it in my members only resource library, which you can request the password when you go to 41more.com forward slash library. Welcome to episode number 49, how to thrive as a one income family. I was thinking about this topic when in the last few years we were out with a young couple. Uh, We were out like double date with them. Um, They don't have any kids and they were about to tough it out on one income for a few months. They were used to living on two incomes and they were going to go down to one and they were talking about toughing it out. And my husband and I secretly laughed a little bit inside of us because we've technically been on one income for our 20 years of marriage so far. We got married before we finished university. We finished as married students. And then as soon as we finished, I went off and got a teaching job while I put my husband through grad school. And then as soon as he was through grad school, it was like, okay, it's my turn. I'm going to stay home and we're going to start a family. And so We've never had two full-time incomes. Now, to be sure, I've always done things on the side that bring in side incomes. I teach piano lessons. I have this I have this podcast and a blog, and I have an Etsy shop, and I've always done things to bring in money because I just love to do that. I love to help out, and it's just fun to have businesses and use my talents and my passions, but we've never had two incomes. And even having five kids, we're still living on one income. And I want you to know that you can thrive on one income because I know that for most homeschool families, someone is sacrificing a full-time job to be at home with the kids. And we know it's a sacrifice and we're happy to make that sacrifice because we know that homeschooling is the best thing for our kids right now, or we wouldn't be doing it. So I want you to first of all know that you're not alone if you're a one-income homeschooling family. I'll li- I'll, I will link to some statistics I found that show that f- a full two-thirds of homeschooling families live on one income. So you really are not alone. This is very normal and very common in the homeschool world because one adult usually has to be at home homeschooling the kids, and that means you're not always able to have a a job on the side. So today we're going to talk about homeschooling as a one income family and not just like barely eking it out, but how to actually thrive. And so we're going to talk about a bunch of steps that I hope will encourage you, maybe give you some fresh ideas that you've never thought of before. 
And don't forget, I do have a strategy guide that kind of walks through some of these points and you can get it in the resource library at 41more.com forward slash library and look for that strategy guide. Okay, let's jump in on this topic, how to thrive as a one income family. So the first point is if you're going to thrive on one income, you have to set a budget and sometimes budget feels like a dirty word and you're like, no way. That means I'm not going to be able to enjoy life because I'm always going to feel guilty about spending money. Actually, the opposite is true. When you set a budget, you don't have any guilt because if you've budgeted 50 bucks for clothing this month and you spend 50 bucks, you can feel really good about yourself because you planned for it. Budgeting makes sure that your money is not controlling you. You are telling your money where to go. And so we budget for everything. Homeschooling expenses get budgeted, clothing, gifts. We, um, you know, budget for what we need. And our favorite resource to use is YNAB. It's youneedabudget.com. This used to be a free resource, but they recently started charging for it. But we will say it's totally worth the investment because it keeps track of our debit card purchases. We put our, um, everything we, we spend in there. We can do, you know, keeps track of our automatic payments. And at any moment we can see what we have in any category in our budget. And it also has allowed us to, instead of like living paycheck to paycheck, because we budget, we are able to now live off of last month's income or maybe even two months ago income because we've learned to budget. We don't spend money before we have it. We spend money the month after we get it. And so because of this mindset shift of setting up a budget and also using last month's money to pay for this month's expenses, we know exactly what we have. We're not guessing. We're not putting stuff on credit card because we don't have the money. And this is going to be essential. If you want to thrive as a one income family, you can do it, but you need to be disciplined. And that first step is setting a budget. Step number two goes along with setting up a budget, but it's a little more detailed. I want you to save up before you spend. Think of things like vacation, gifts, buying a car, even homeschool curriculum. You need to have categories for all these things and save up the money before you spend it. And once again, you're not going to feel guilty. So you can go on a nice vacation if you've saved up for a whole year, put away a certain amount each month so that by the time vacation rolls around, you have that cash in the bank you can enjoy your vacation. You're not going to come home and then have to pay it off for the next couple years on your credit card. So we do this. We figure out, okay, what's our vacation? How much is that going to cost? And how much monthly do we have to set aside? This technically is called a sinking fund. It means you know this money is earmarked for a certain category. And when you get that money, you can spend it. We try to do the same thing for cars. We do the same thing for gifts. How much are we spending on the kids on Christmas this year? Well, we need to save that amount of money up throughout the whole year. And that also means that as we're saving that money every month, if we start to see deals throughout the year, we already have some of that money earmarked for gifts and we can spend it without feeling guilty. Definitely do this for homeschool curriculum. In my strategy guide packet that I've already mentioned a couple times, it's in my library, it will walk you through also planning out your homeschool curriculum. What are you going to spend this year? Now break it down by month. What do you need to save up each month? So if you spend money on, you know, maybe you're a member of HSLDA, maybe you have some, um, 
uh, courses you need to buy for the kids and then you have books you need to buy and then maybe you're in some memberships for homeschooling. You need to add all this up ahead of time, figure out what it's going to cost you and go ahead and save up before you spend. Now, the third way to thrive as a one-income family is to have a family vision and have your priorities front and center. Here's what I mean. This is really a mindset shift, right? I can feel a lot of like, I'm missing out by not being a full-time teacher right now. Think of all the things we could do if I brought in a teacher salary and my husband was working as well. But what you have to realize is if homeschooling is a priority in this season for you, what's your family vision? Why are you homeschooling? There must be some reasons. And those reasons are not always monetary. You can't always put a price tag on I want to be at home with the babies and toddlers. You can't always put a price tag on my kid has dyslexia and I think he's going to, he thrives better in homeschool than he would in a classroom. Those things cannot be measured monetarily. So in our season right now, my husband and I have decided it's worth it for me to homeschool and not work full time because there are certain things we would actually lose if we had two incomes. We would lose that time with our kids, lose that time to disciple and have one-on-one relationships. We would lose some of the flexibility of our lives if I had a job that was demanding certain things of me as well as my husband's job. And we would lose the opportunity to do um, family vacations on the off season, right? There are certain things that we would lose. Um, I've already mentioned like helping my child with dyslexia is much more important to me than having a teaching career in this season. So decide what your family priorities are and you know, it's almost a mindset shift where you can say, look, this is more valuable to me than that extra income right now. And that's one of the ways you're going to thrive. Sure. You're going to, you're not going to be able to do everything that your friends on two incomes are doing possibly, you know, your vacations might not be as cool. Your car might not be as new, but you can thrive on a one income family. When you make that mindset shift of what you're willing to give up on the monetary side and what you're gaining, um, on things that cannot be measured. The fourth way to thrive as a one-income family is to remind yourself of the seasonality of life. Some of you are down in the trenches with babies and toddlers, and your oldest might be getting near kindergarten. That is a season, and in a few short years, those kids are going to be grown up. Some of you have a house full of teenagers, and you're in a totally different season with independent kids, although there are still different needs that are demanding on you when your kids are teenagers, right? There's a whole lot more that has to go into parenting on a different level. You're not now worrying about um, changing diapers and making sure they don't touch the stove. You're worried about driving and relationships and um, just all the changes that come in the teenage years. Some of you are homeschooling with both babies and teenagers, and that's a whole different dynamic too. But whatever season you're in, know that it's going to change. Whatever your decisions are right now, as far as working or not working, they might not be your decision forever. When my kids were really little, I couldn't have side gigs. I tried teaching piano lessons with babies and toddlers in the house, and it took a lot of maneuvering. It was very difficult. It was it was not worth it. It was, it was too stressful for the amount of money it was bringing in. Now that my kids are for the most part grown up and they're able to, you know, still 
be productive and independent, I'm able to grow a piano studio in the hours that I want to devote to that. So know that there is a seasonality, things change within five years, within 10 years, and you're not always going to be in the same financial situation as you are right now. There might come a time where you can bring in a part-time or full-time income even while you're still homeschooling and it won't stress you out because the kids are older and they're more independent. The fifth way to thrive as a one-income family is probably obvious, but it's to trim expenses. And sometimes we don't like to go here because we don't want to change our quality of life, but there's probably a lot of little ways that you can trim expenses. And if you do a dozen of these things, they're going to add up to maybe several hundred dollars a month in savings. So, you know, just silly things like, do you need to have Netflix? That's almost $100 per month. Do you need to take the kids out to get haircuts or can you do it at home? Sure, they might not look as cool, but you know, you might save several hundred dollars depending on how many kids you have and how often you get haircuts. You know, can you shop at thrift stores for kids' clothes instead of always buying them brand new? Can you? eat at home more often? Can you have cheaper meals instead of buying box cereal for the kids for breakfast? Can they eat eggs? There are lots of little things like this that if you take the time to add up how much you're going to save by cutting some of these expenses, you just might be surprised. And I give you, once again, I give you steps and examples and um, some help along with this in my uh, strategy guide for living on one income, which you can find at 41more.com forward slash library. You can also find a link to that in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 49. So let's review. We're almost done. We mentioned setting a budget, saving up before you spend, having a family vision and priority for this time in your life. What's, what are your goals? Number four was to remind yourself of the seasonality of life. Things are not going to be this way forever. Number five is to find ways to trim your expenses. Number six, bring in extra income if you can. Now, I've already mentioned when you have babies and toddlers, it is hard, but you know, there's more and more you can do from home in, in nap times even, or when the kids go to bed. And I know when you have babies and toddlers, the energy level kind of gets sucked right out the window as well, but see what you can do. There are so many wonderful ways to make money online or at home or without a whole lot of time investment and the internet is just bringing so many of these opportunities to light. And I'm sure that you guys have maybe already have a side business and that's a great way to thrive as a one income family. This is one of the key ways that we've made it work is because I've always had a nice side income. So, you know, it's not as much as I would be making as a full-time teacher 20 years in with some seniority in the system, but it sure is helping pay for all those fun extras or just what it takes to raise five kids and how much these teenagers eat. But, you know, look at your talents, look at your hobbies. What do people ask you for help with? What are you good at? What would what do you love doing? This is why I started my Etsy shop when we were pursuing international adoption now several, several years ago. And of course, that's expensive. We needed money for it. And on a one-income family, we just didn't have extra money for it. So I started buying stuff from thrift stores, painting it, flipping it, selling it on my Etsy shop. And in my first year of selling on Etsy, I was able to make $11,000. And that was only using like little bits of time because we were homeschooling too. So it was some Saturday mornings and some afternoons and here and there I would work on this thing that I love doing anyway and was also bringing me money. So 
that really helped in that season to pay for adoption expenses. And then it's kept being a nice side income for our family throughout um, since 2012, which is already eight years ago. So look for what you can do on the side. If you're home with babies and toddlers, maybe you want to open your home as a daycare. I know some other homeschooling moms who run daycares on the side because they're already doing creative things with their kids. So they think, you know, I might as well take care of a few more toddlers or preschoolers. That's a great little side income. There's lots of things you can do. I'll try to link to some ideas in the show notes, or you can find some, also find some ideas in the strategy guide. Here's the last point I want to mention, and maybe it's the most important of all, and this is just to be content. How do you thrive on a one in, as a one-income homeschooling family? You really work on contentment. You don't want to have FOMO. FOMO is fear of missing out, and sometimes I feel this when I go into substitute in my public school district. I sometimes think, oh man, I gave up a teaching career to be at home, and I don't know why I let my brain play these crazy little tricks on myself because I love being at home and I love homeschooling. But sometimes I start to get FOMO and I think, wow, if we had two incomes, we could totally pay off the house. We could totally be saving tons more money. And I start to kind of be like, man, I'm missing out. But that's the point. You need to be content. And this goes back to your family vision and priorities. Your priorities have to be so important then that, that the extra income just isn't worth missing out on some of those things you gain by being at home with your kids. And so I do usually rein myself in, or actually my husband reins me in and says, no, that, that's silly. And as I'm making plans in my head for how I'm going to go back to teaching while we homeschool, no, that's just silly right now. And so part of it is just being content. And I think this is where you know, we've lived on one income for our whole married life that we don't know any different. And I think as, as long as, as soon as you start to make changes, you get rid of, you know, you trim expenses, you bring in a little extra income, you set a budget, you're really disciplined with where your money goes. I think you really can thrive and you can really master your money and living on a one, one income does not have to be a burden and it does not have to make it so you can have no fun as a family. There are so many ways to thrive, even on one income. So I'd love to hear your ideas. How do you thrive on one income? You can share them and comment um, at the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 49. And don't forget to pick up your Living on One Income Strategy Guide. You can find the link in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 49. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.